0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LB, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On podcast network your host jeff lloyd at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd the show itself at locked on browns follow back account dms are open as everybody knows the preseason is officially over and today's episode of locked on browns is brought to you by the locked on nfl podcast this week august 30th through september 8th the locked on nfl podcast is previewing every team in every division with the help of odyssey's lineup of nfl experts Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts to tune in beginning today, August 30th. Uh, Joining along today is Pete Smith from Browns Digest through Sports Illustrated. The Browns finished the preseason 3-0 after a 19-10 victory last evening down in Atlanta. We will get to the defense. Uh, We'll get to some uh, roster questions um, we're going to start with the offense. We really haven't gotten to talk about Baker Mayfield much this summer, and that's a good thing. Um, all we've seen is limited what we have seen from practice. Um, but Pete, they finally got him on the field last night. And to say Six was ready is an understatement. Um, I know there was some pause, some hesitation, obviously, with the Ravens yesterday losing running back J.K. Dobbins for the season. You had your questions, you had your pause, and your hesitation about whether or not you really wanted to put your starters on the field. It's now not unprecedented. To have starters not take preseason reps as we saw in the summer of 2020. Uh, but he got out there, Pete. Looks smooth, calm, cool. I love the way they handle things as far as fourth down. We're here to get work. This isn't about winning a game. We'll go for it. All right, doesn't work out. Put together another 80-yard drive. It, you know, basically uh Baker with, you know, finding wide open Austin Hooper schemed wide open, an absolute, you know, penny from heaven to Kadarrell Hodge. uh, for a touchdown and Hodge is making it really, really difficult for Andrew Barry and company to maybe move on from this player. But Pete, we got to see six back in the fold last night. And it looks like he's ready for Kansas city.
0: Yeah. Look, I still don't think it was necessary to put any of those guys in, but his night was summed up by one throw. It was the rollout to his left where he throws that ball. Absolutely. Perfectly has ridiculous, uh, hip flexibility, was able to drive the ball and put it right on the spot to Keriaro Hodge. That's the stuff Patrick Mahomes do, Aaron Rodgers do. That That's that's sort of a testament to all the work that Baker Mayfield put in the offseason, specifically trying to improve his core strength. And, uh, you know, that that was it. So, I mean, other than that, most of the night was discombobulated and ugly, uh, in terms of what you were trying to do, like they, they ran seemingly some of the most random plays. Obviously, it's trying to be vanilla, but like whether it was the you know fade or whatever you want to call that to Anthony Schwartz or some of the other plays, that just didn't make a ton of sense. Uh, it was weird. They obviously had a couple deflected passes. He had one nice throw to Donovan Peoples Jones, but overall, you know, it was other than the one throw, it was pretty forgettable. And ultimately, I don't know what the benefit was other than, you know, for fans got to see him. Uh, fortunately was successful. So we can sort of like check it off and move on. But uh, that, yeah, it wasn't much to get out of
1: there. Uh, you got to see your first uh, look at Anthony Schwartz, a couple of balls thrown his way. And just, again, look, may not be a big factor early, but you want to get those initial jitters. At least you got your hands on an NFL ball. You're ready to go, hopefully, when your name is called. Donovan Peoples-Jones, again, not much playing time, uh, but the limited opportunity, again, looking like, you know, he is going to be a part of this wide receiver room. Pretty significant part as a third wide receiver, again, bringing something to the position that Odell doesn't bring, that Jarvis doesn't bring, and just nice growth so far. And you see the path that number 11 Donovan Peoples-Jones is on to this point. Pete, Demetric Felton, uh, we got to see him more as a runner, not really as a receiver, got to see him with a decent punt return. Decent kick return. Demetrius Felton, and this could be two years in a row where the Browns maybe find some offensive skill gold in round six. But this could be a fun player. And, again, maybe it's not going to be a big thing early in the season. Um, but he brings a little diversity, brings something different to the position. And it's just, again, you know, trying to expand your tool bag here on offense. And the Browns, and obviously with Coach Kevin Stefanski, he has the ability – to diversify and find a way to take all the uniqueness of all of these skilled players, put it into play. And Dimitri Felton is, you know, maybe not moving up in the ranks as far as, you know, getting touch opportunities, but he certainly can't be ignored either. Uh, Look, he, he is very good at uh,
0: doing a little bit of everything. It's hard to know what, what, what that's going to look like on Sundays. In, other than the fact he's going to return kicks and punts i think i think he's locked down those jobs i don't know how much you're going to see him uh you know just in the offense but he has been a guy who's just a pleasant surprise pleasant surprise in a little bit of everything he does uh whether it was that cutback run or some of the catches he's made i, I you know just looking at it and you're going what what gives the browns the best chance to win you know Is he going to be in the backfield when you have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Dearness Johnson ahead of him? Probably not, but he might find some spots as as a receiver on the offense and some uh, limited opportunities. But I think at least for the time being, you're going to get the most out of him on special teams.
1: Yeah, um, John Kelly, I think, had a nice summer here with the Browns. It's a shame you'd actually like to see him maybe get some legitimate reps behind this offensive line. There's just not a chance in the world that that's going to happen. So did John Kelly. Obviously, most likely, uh, best of luck. Maybe there's an opportunity. You know, going back to the Rams, maybe there'll be an opportunity with the Baltimore Ravens. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. But put together a nice summer. He's going to move on. Uh, now a battle for the fourth tight end. Pete, you know, Kyle Markway was brought back in here this week. Obviously, it was not that difficult for him to get back into the system, a system he was already comfortable in. Um, but between you know Markway and Jordan Franks, I mean, both of them now again. Now these are two players that said, "Hey, look, I, I'm going to do everything I can." to give myself the best shot I can. And both guys represented well. I mean, uh, Markway with five receptions last night. Uh, Jordan Franks with four receptions. Jordan Franks with a big forced fumble, fumble, uh, you know, basically showing that the effort meter is always running hot. Going to be interesting. And, you know, look, there'll be reps for either one of these guys, not a ton of them. But when you like to play a lot of tight, uh, two tight ends, you're going to need four. Interesting battle between those two.
0: Yeah, they did pretty well uh, last night. However, I don't think either one's going to make the team. Uh, it, <clears throat> you're looking at this realistically. Uh, Steven Carlson was tight in four. Connor Davis was tight in five. So the best of this group is tight end six. Um, I, I just don't see them keeping either one on the active roster, but both could end up making the practice squad and you could activate one on game day if you need it. However, you know, if you keep ten offensive linemen, which I think they're going to do, they can easily use one of those guys as their their fourth tight end and just put in a jumbo package. Uh, hell, Kendall Lamb cut a touchdown doing that last year. The, their offensive linemen are just so much better than the tight ends in terms of our overall talent. I'd be very surprised if the Browns were to get rid of a lineman uh, in, in favor of what would be their sixth tight end. Um, look, they're going to use a lot of tight ends, but I think they have ways to sort of get around it rather than giving up a roster spot uh, to either uh, Franks or Markway. Franks was pretty bad last week. He's a little short. He's okay. Kyle Markway, I thought, did pretty well for himself. Uh, But, you know, he was literally just waived by the Rams and ended up back on the Browns. So I'm not super... Con, uh, concerned that these guys are going to be snatched up by other teams?
1: Uh, look, but uh, again, as always, nice problems to have as, you know, the Browns uh, you put together an undefeated preseason. And again, for people who don't care, that's fine. But, uh, you know, you want to, when you think you're going to have the type of season that the Browns potentially are going to have, you don't want anything to derail any confidence. Uh, you know, you shouldn't find a way to come out of these games with Ws. Browns just did just that last evening, and now all eyes uh, as we are, you know, within two weeks of playing the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to get to the defense. We're going to get to some interesting roster cuts as, you know, some now some positional rooms have maybe gotten themselves, you know, a point where they're just too big. And it's good. Again, good situation to have all that and more as Pete Smith is along for the latest ride unlocked on, on Browns. North One is better banking for small business owners. Serving small business owners in all that they do. North One allows you to manage your money from anywhere. Whether you're home or on the go, everything you need to manage your business finances is at your fingertips. Never step foot in a bank branch again. In addition to the features you'd expect, like mobile check deposit, cash withdrawals, the ability to send and receive ACH and wire payments, North One is an FDIC insured account that can save you both time and money. North One integrates with the accounting software you already use, saving you hours of manual bookkeeping. And with North One's envelope feature, you can automatically budget and save for things like rent, payroll, taxes, and more. With North One, you'll never pay overdraft or NSF fees again, saving you hundreds of dollars per month. To get started, visit apply north one.com slash locked and l o c k e d north one business banking made for america baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including the mlb ncaa football nfl and all your ufc mma action for the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contact information. Don't get don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Pete. We said this needed to be done. You needed to see what you had. You needed to put Malik McDowell out there. You wanted more serious reps. You wanted to see if this was something that can continue to gain momentum. And quite frankly, it did. Um, You know, Malik McDowell, you know, half a sack, um, an absolute dominant, uh, you know, one on one with the center where he basically put him in the quarterback's lap. Pete, this went from something that was maybe an afterthought or a hey, let's give this guy a look we know it's been a long long time um but walking that center back into the quarterback's lap it kind of got you to the point where everybody was excited about the potential of this guy several years ago coming out of Michigan State
0: yeah I I don't know where this ride is going but I I don't see how the. it's like we always say Pete
1: he's one of these three 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 players he could be here three days three weeks three months three years it's all on a guy like this yeah, he dominated uh,
0: last two games. Uh, you know, I thought initially when he was brought in that the practice squad was the best case scenario for him. Uh, I don't see how how he has a chance to get that far. So I think the Browns are ultimately going to keep him. I thought both he and Jordan Elliott were pretty dominant in this game, which is great for both as well as the Browns because they need more from that room right now. Uh, so along with... Those two and Malik Jackson, I think the Browns have the spine of something. They still need to fill out the rest of these guys. I think they're ultimately <laughs> going to keep six. Uh, I don't think Andrew Billings is going anywhere. They don't really need him till week three. They play the Chiefs and then the, the Texans. I don't think he really matters for either of those games, but the, the Bears would be the first game where he's sort of going to be important. And I don't think Tommy Togiai is going to be a factor for a while um i think he's gonna be inactive every week so the last guy i think is gonna make the roster and i think they started showing off what else he can do is sheldon day uh one he's a reliable pro and two they had him on the edge and he looked pretty good at it so i think that gives them ultimately a lot of versatility they need wouldn't surprise me bleak mcdowell ends up on the edge in certain situations but I think they're going to keep 10 defensive linemen, and six of them are going to be at least nominally defensive tackles because that's what the Browns need them to need right now.
1: And well, for Jordan Elliott, it was a good night. Obviously, it's been you know not the greatest of summer for him. So for him to get himself right, essentially, uh, get a good showing here, and this is certainly somebody that this current front office has a lot of promise in as they spent a third-round pick on him in the 2020 NFL draft. Interesting name, though, last night, Pete, with two sacks. Played a little bit of last year. Cameron Malvo, and there's, you know, look, with Tack McKinley, it looks like he will be back. He will be ready to go for the Kansas City game. You know where you're at with your top three at edge. But after that, it's a little bit interesting. You know, Porter Gustin, it's never taken that next step. My guy, Curtis Weaver, I'm not sure we saw enough this summer to make a decision one way or another. So in that instance, obviously, Weaver in a tough spot. But Cameron Malvo showed a little bit coming off the edge yesterday. Wasn't lightning, lightning fast, but rushed with determination. Cameron Malvo had a really good game against the
0: Falcons, which makes up for the fact he was god-awful against the Giants. And the reason he was (laughs) god-awful against the Giants was because he kept taking the cheese and screaming inside, (laughs) uh, which allowed the Giants to make some big runs because he was out of his lane and then – Multiple linemen were able to go downfield and block linebackers. Um, he's 27. He's the. He's basically the – he's Sheldon Day's age. I, I, you know, He played in the practice squad last year. There's some certain things he does well. I don't think it's going to be on the active roster this year. Maybe he ends up in the practice squad again. It wouldn't surprise me if he gets up elsewhere. Um, Porter Gustin, like you said, look, it, I think in terms of build, he has everything the Browns would want in that fourth edge rusher. He's very athletic. Uh, he can be very explosive. They were lining him up in that nine tech way out there, uh, but just doesn't do enough to get off blocks. And he doesn't create enough pressure. They could still keep him uh, because of the fact that he does fit that. And they have so many, they would have so many defensive linemen that could, you know, be bigger bodies and move around and stuff. So, Having somebody with just raw speed, even if they're not great at blocks, could be useful. The guy I think has played the best out of the defensive end group uh, is Joe Jackson, uh, which he's bigger. He's six four in the quarter, 275 at least. Um, he is a good run defender, and he's he's got decent speed. Um, potentially a guy who could play up and down the line. Now, the fact that they have seemingly an endless supply of guys who are Built like Joe Jackson may ultimately have them go with Gustin. But if you're just going on who played better, I think Joe Jackson, who was kept a secret all last year, he played 71 snaps and was never waived or anything. It seemed like the Browns knew they knew something about him that they really liked. We'll see if he ends up making it. But you know, if you if you want to play this giant defensive line that can contain and and cause problems and, and funnel things inside. Joe
1: Jackson could be exactly what the doctor ordered in respect. Now at the linebacker position with Mac Wilson's injury, I'm sorry, not Mac Wilson's injury, with uh my young man, my buddy Jacob Phillips out of LSU, um, seemingly, and it's you know, not put on IR yet. Who knows? Maybe hold crossing fingers, holding out all hope. It opens up a spot in that room. Uh Elijah Lee, plus special teamer, played a lot as you know, the backup Mike last night, Sam panics wrote an article for uh, your site today, or even late last night about Elijah Lee. Um, I think that that is sewn up and Elijah Lee for, at least for now, um, you know, the Browns are going to, you know, keep him here for special teams work. Not sure he'll get much work actually in the defense. Um, But he's showing the Browns that uh, at least they call his name. He is going to give them, you know, at least all he's got. Yeah.
0: I really like Elijah Lee. I liked him coming out of Kansas state. Um, Feels good to be right. Uh, but
1: he does a Never really happens. nice
0: job of uh, getting out of blocks. Uh, he doesn't really shed well, but he gets out of them. Um, and he he's able to sort of make the plays you expect him to make. He's not a star by any stretch, but he just does his job. I mean, obviously his main attraction is special teams. He's He's a good special teams player. I think he would be the high he, he would be the guy returning to this team with the highest number of special team snaps from last year. Uh and they don't have very many guys with that type of experience coming back. So I think that's certainly a big factor in his in in the win comp for him. And the fact that he plays Mike or Sam could help him because they just don't have one. I mean people will point at uh Mac Wilson, but he's a will uh and they have Two wills. I I don't see how Mac Wilson's going to make this team. Your starting will is going to be Malcolm Smith, uh, and then JOK is going to be there until he's ready to sort of uh, grow into that role and, and take over uh, on a more full time basis. Anthony Walker's going to make this team. Sione Taki's going to make this team, and at that point, I don't know how you keep more than five. Um, Tony Phillips is sort of the or, uh, yeah. Tony Fields is sort of the wild card, but it's, you know, the Browns are good and I just don't know how you can like keep a guy who, who, at, who's picked in the fifth round over guys who were able to sort of produce uh, all camp long and be like, yep, we're keeping this guy. They, they're they just not that team anymore. Uh, now they may do some roster gymnastics. It would not surprise me if, couple of players stand out for this. Andy Janovich, uh, Malcolm Smith, even Richard Higgins could be in this group of guys that they could potentially cut so they can get Jacob Phillips, Tony Fields, maybe Anthony Schwartz, uh, these players that they want to put on injured reserve, but be able to designate them for return uh, and then immediately sign them back. So they all have contracts that sort of allow you to just sort of cut them and bring them back. Um, obviously they did this a couple of years ago with with Greg Robinson, uh, to get Drew Forbes onto the active roster and then immediately put him on injury reserve. Unfortunately, I think Drew Forbes is gonna be out again. Uh I, I whatever he did to his knee does not look good. Uh but that is sort of the only way I can I can see them figuring out how to get guys through, but just looking at how the, at the schedule and the way the Browns play defense, I don't see where you need more than five linebackers for the Kansas city chiefs or the Houston Texans. You know, you really don't need them till about week 10 to week 14 when you face teams like perhaps the Patriots and then ultimately the Ravens. So as much as people are like, well, they need six linebackers. My, my question I keep coming back to is why, I mean, my answer to the every, almost every situation is, okay, play less linebackers. So we'll see if the Browns agree with that. They've got more DB talent. Uh, they've got more defensive line talent. How do you want to do this? But to me, I think you just play with less linebackers, and then you don't have to have as many uh, on the active roster other than for special teams.
1: We got to an interesting situation, Pete, with the secondary. Um, you know, the safety certainly didn't get to play as much as we hoped uh, this summer, uh, you got Ronnie Harrison back for some snaps last night. We finally got to see a little bit of John Johnson the third. Grant Elpit now has not taken a snap in a regular season or an NFL preseason game to this point. Um, Richard the Count with a pass, uh, you know, pass breakup last evening. Um, high hopes for this safety room, but it may be something that we're probably still going to have to wait a little bit on before it all comes to fruition.
0: Yeah, Joe Woods is hedging. Um, he, he's basically said that, look, we're not going to be ready to get into this the, the dime package he wants to do yet. Um, per, to me, I think this is largely as expected. I think both with Odell Beckham and uh, Grant Grant Delpit, I think we sort of got our, ahead of ourselves on this, uh, that they recovered so quickly and did not sort of account for you know, issues that, that could come along the way. I I, I thought Grant Delpit was a guy that, that might be sort of a year and a half um, before he was really back, and that may be ultimately where we're, we're headed. Um, you know, people can be frustrated by the hamstrings. I, I, I just look at this all – I just I, – I fold this all into the Achilles. It's just – that's a devastating injury, and it takes a long time to – Yeah, uh, so I I, I don't go, oh, this is, you know, Grant Grant Delpit is is somehow failing. I think this is just how how that situation goes. Uh, But that's ultimately where they want to go. You know, John Johnson said uh, earlier this week that, you know, where the defense is week one is going to be completely different from where they are week 18. Uh, Mm -hmm. But John Johnson and, and Ronnie Harrison is a really good group to start with. Uh, and if they can get Grant Delpit going as the season rolls on, I think that's going to be a huge, uh, improvement for them. Obviously I think LeCount is going to make this team. I still think Javante Moffitt's going to be that fifth guy. Um, maybe there's somebody out there that they, that they can bring in that they like better, but he's been here the whole time. Joe Woods has been here. He's a true strong safety, which would be the backup to Ronnie Harrison, uh, for a pure, strong safety look. Maybe MJ Stewart could be be that that sort of tweener guy that's a fifth safety slash slot defender guy. But the problem is he, he's been hurt and hasn't been able to practice or do much. So I just don't know if the Browns are going to be able to sort of keep him. And I'm not sure that he's going to be in demand. After all, the Browns sort of were able to get him off the street without too much issue. So he may be a guy that you can sort of keep around without having to actually give a roster spot for it. So obviously the safety room is a big deal for this team. They wanted to go uh, and and be a huge part of this defense. It's just a question of when they're going to be able to do that. Uh, And again, this is another position group where you sort of look at the schedule and go, you know, obviously be fantastic. Have, have these guys against the chiefs, but then it's like, the Texans and the Bears and some you know they don't play a division game till week eight so it's not like a huge huge stress to me at this point I think they'll be fine uh and then you know when you get to the latter part of the season where they start playing teams like the Ravens and and uh Patriots that you hope and Packers that you hope those guys are more ready to go to be ready to contribute and really with an eye towards the playoffs
1: Uh, Yeah, so look, with it being wrapped up, it's been an interesting summer. It's, you know, things have obviously changed within the defensive line room, you know, the edge and the tackle group, the linebacker room, and certainly the secondary. Um, And as much as everybody kind of thought this was maybe cut and dry, as far as the 53 would come out of this camp, you know, some, some players played their way in, some players played their way off. And as always, injuries have become a little bit of a factor here, as far as, you know, what will go into the ultimate making of the Browns. First, 53 for week one in Kansas City. Pete Smith joining your host, Jeff Lloyd, here on your latest Lockdown Browns. We're going to get to some player cuts um, and a significant, significant injury for the Baltimore Ravens. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports Movies and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Street. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Did you know that Billbar Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're certainly passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar lineup by now, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. For me, mint brownie is still the king. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you will get two of each of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy too. Most of the flavors contain 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. Go to BiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D 15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. Pete, with the hassle and the nerves of whether you do or whether you don't, you playing players in the preseason. Now, this is obviously a difficult spot for a lot of Browns fans. J.K. Dobbins, an Ohio State favorite, fantastic player, was my favorite running back in the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, Goes down Saturday night, ACL. His season is already over essentially before it started. Pete was lined up to be a big part, had a significant part as a rookie, was lined up to basically be the main back. They did lock up Gus Edwards, who's always been nice in the the swing running back role for the Ravens, but this is is a big loss, and it's, look, the Ravens have won all the preseason games this year. seems they always do. I believe it's like 20 now and counting, but this was a player that they were relying upon, and, you know, as much as it hurts for Browns fans who are also Ohio State fans, and as much as you never want it to go this way, this could be a pretty good boost for the chances is for the Browns to win the AUC North in 2021.
0: Well, it's stupid is what it is. And and what drives me nuts about it is John Harbaugh in 2016 was right, and John Harbaugh in 2021 was a dumbass. Uh, John Harbaugh in 2016 said, we don't need preseason at all. We can get these guys ready without it. And then John Harbaugh in 2021 loses as running back, potentially uh, franchise running back. Because he started him in a preseason game where the, the Ravens didn't even look good uh, against Washington. And now their, team, their, their season is dramatically altered and nobody's going to care about anything else that happened in that preseason game. The only thing they're going to focus on is that injury, which is why I hated the Browns work, have guys out there. Uh, I watched you know Kareem Hunt play three snaps. Like Who is that for? There's no, nothing but potential downside. He really needed two carries for five yards because that's going to make the difference of whether or not he's ready against Kansas City. I watched the Bengals play three snaps of of, of Joe Burrow and three snaps of Joe Mixon. Like, are they readier than they were before? Like, I, this is some of the stuff that coaches do that just make no sense. And I think Kevin Stefanski is a fantastic coach, but I, I wholeheartedly disagree with that approach. Uh, you can make practice into what you want you did uh you know joint practices you can liven up periods of your practice against a defense that matters uh just i don't know if that was for tv or what but it's just unnecessary fortunately uh they got out without any issue but to me that feels like you're getting away with something rather than being super productive cuz you come out of that game and I don't think Kareem Hunt is any better for it. Uh, and the Ravens are – their their season is altered. Does that mean they're not going to break the playoffs? No. There's seven playoff spots. I, I'm sure the Ravens will get one of them. But does it potentially limit them as a division title contender? Absolutely. Uh, I'm not saying that, that, that they're out, but that's pretty devastating. Gus Edwards doesn't catch passes. He's a downhill runner um and and jk dobbins was sort of a dynamic player that that they really need uh to balance out this offense so that's a tough spot and 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 that's why i look at this and people get mad at me and go well uh you know all these super bowl winning head coaches do this it doesn't make it any less stupid uh you it, it, it a lot depends on where you are as a team if you're the jacksonville jaguars Go nuts. Play your starters. You're not going anywhere. You actually have to figure out who you are as a football team. Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, would, should they have played as much with the rookie tailback as they did? I don't know, but they actually have to figure out their offensive line and, and Najee Harris and, and his role within the offense. The Browns knew, know exactly who the 11 guys are going to be on uh, when they take on the Kansas City Chiefs. They had Nick Harris out there, which – Okay, I mean, I would, you know, it, it, that, that would be a reason not to do it, but uh, they did it. But you knew exactly who they're going to be. Odell Beckham wasn't out there, as he shouldn't have been. But, I mean, like that's the one sort of dynamic that you didn't have maybe enough information on that you'd like to get incorporated. But other than that, they were playing, the, they were playing as the offense they were last year. So does that need to be out there in a preseason game? I would say absolutely not defensively, they had more issues. But the second I saw it was Felipe Franks. John Johnson should have been out there, uh, out. Ronnie Harrison should have been out. Anthony Walker should have been out. Uh, That Mm -hmm. type of stuff just doesn't make this team more prepared or anything else. There are (laughs) weird aspects that, you know, in terms of getting calls and then stuff like that, they can do that in a different format. Uh, Nevertheless, it appears to have worked out which is great, but it always feels like you're getting away with something rather than doing something that I think has a meaningful benefit for this team.
1: It's 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 a game of Russian roulette. The Ravens played it. It didn't work out. Luckily for the Browns, as far as we all know, it did work out two weeks away from Kansas City. Pete, couple names here that you think maybe early in training camp you didn't think you'd be talking about as roster keepers. And maybe a couple of names here that all of a sudden now have become cutting floor, cutting room floor material.
0: Well, I didn't think Malik McDowell was was going to be
1: to the point where now we're we're talking about. He went about from him. he went from a name to possibly being
0: the Browns' number two
1: defensive tackle.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was a guy that that this felt obviously it means to sort of get his career going, but also just felt like something for him in his own life. Given some of the, the the issues he's had, that this this could potentially just be good for him as a human being first, and now we've gotten to the point where he's potentially you know a major factor on this team. Um, I would I don't know if there's anybody that's terribly. I, I guess Joe Jackson is a guy that I think has stepped up. I, I, I've been you know. The see the thing with Joe I,
1: Jackson is is you don't see it production wise and this was similar to times where people had their grapes with Olivier Vernon granted Olivier Vernon it was a much bigger you know sample size as far as you know reps and defensive snaps taken but every now and then you need the guy who's you know going to be an assignment driven player and it's not always flashy but it's needed and Joe Jackson is a guy who does that
0: uh dearness Johnson has completely evolved he went from a really nice runner who was 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 great for the Browns uh, when he had opportunities just as a ball carrier last year. Uh, now he's a pass catching, blocking, just stud. I, I said, I still said can before, return a kick if you need him to. If not for the fact that the Browns have both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I think there'd be way, way, way more excitement about Deron Johnson, and he may get more regular season carries than he did last year just by the fact that he's you know good uh I think you know the offensive line wise I think Blake Hance has has gotten better I think Michael Dunn has gotten way better uh he was obviously Mm -hmm. great in the playoff game but he has now become sort of an integral part um whatever Curtis Weaver was in terms of transforming his body it's not enough uh, maybe another year if he can get to the practice squad, great. Uh, but he's just not explosive enough at this point. Um, Sheldon Day, I initially thought was signed as sort of a body, uh, rather than a than a guy that I thought was going to be a factor, and now I've got him making the roster. Um, so those are a, a handful of the guys that that I think have have sort of dramatically altered their 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 uh future with this team. I I think, you know, I I, obviously I have I have concern with Andrew Billings. I do think he's gonna be okay. They basically don't need him for another month. But uh obviously he, he has led to some concern about what he can be. I'm trying to basically look at it the same way I'm looking at Jamar Chase having a year off where they're both sort of trying to figure this thing out. But you know, it's it's not where it needs to be yet. And and the Browns, I don't think they're panicking necessarily, but clearly they want this to be better. I don't know if they're going to have to make a move, but if they do, you know, they're going to have to trade for somebody. It's not going to be, you know, you can sign him and certainly cannot just put Tommy, Tommy Togiai in there and be like, we're fine because he's nowhere near fine.
1: And as far as the backup quarterback, uh, there were a lot of fun discussions this summer of trading, Keenum, let Lua Letta be. Look, none of it matters. We saw, if it's not Baker Mayfield, it's going to be basically grin, bear it, and pray, folks. Um, so that's where we stand as far as who is QB2. I don't give a crap because if something happens to QB1, it's not going to be good in any way whatsoever. He is Pete Smith. Make sure you're checking out everything from Brown's Digest on SI.com. The written work, the podcast, uh, the team, Pete and his team over there, all ramped up, ready to go. Reinforcements brought in for the 2021 season. And Corey Kinnan with Sam Penix, a lot of great things. Make sure you also check out Pete and Nicole on For Pete's Sake, the podcast. Um, You know, just a, a good time. Nicole brings uh, the fun energy to it. Certainly a different perspective. So make sure you check in all that. And of course, make sure you are following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. The show itself at On Browns. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. DMs are always open. Whether it is Apple, whether it is Odyssey, whether it is Spotify, make sure you are following or subscribed to the Lockdown Browns podcast, leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews we are on to kansas city folks this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound lgb on the lob let's go brown